Attention bourbon lovers, are you ready for a taste sensation like no other? Old Raleigh Distillery, recently awarded Best Micro Distillery in the U.S., invites you to experience the art of whiskey blending firsthand. Located just east of Raleigh in downtown Zebulon, the distillery specializes in premium, micro-batch bourbon, and limited-release whiskeys. Visit the tasting room Tuesday through Sunday to savor a wide variety of whiskeys, specialty cocktails, wine, and beer. And don't miss a chance to peek behind the curtain with a tour of the blending operation every Saturday and Sunday at 1 and 2 p.m. For more information and to plan your visit, visit OldRaleighDistillery.com. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Old Raleigh Distillery for exclusive updates and behind-the-scenes content. Old Raleigh Distillery, where every sip tells a story. I think we all grow if we get together, you know? I, I think Raleigh, it's a, it's a foodie city, and, you know, all of these chefs are doing amazing things, you know? This place, it's, it's a culinary powerhouse in Raleigh. You're listening to Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I'm your host, Gina Stevens. You may know Raleigh Magazine, but what you may not know is how we get our stories. It's all inside baseball. You'd be surprised what people will tell us. Our MO is telling stories no one else is telling. So this podcast is where you get the inside access to stories you won't read anywhere else. So let's dive into some of Raleigh Magazine's biggest stories. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode where we chatted with Katsuji Tanabe about his restaurants. Today we talk with Katsuji about his restaurant in Cary, a Verde, why toilet paper matters to him, and what he may have planned next for Raleigh. Take a listen. So if you're not familiar with the Verde, a Verde is not inside Crossroads, but adjacent to it across the street, just up from Crossroads Shopping Center. I took friends, so I had been there. Um, when you first opened. And I have some friends who live in Cary that I are always asking me, where do I go downtown? I'm taking them out. And when I call them and said, we're going to Cary, they're like, what? I'm like, we're going to Cary. Trust me, I got this. And they fell in love. We sat at that long table in the tequila library. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about the bell. Well, the bell, that's something that I started doing in 2010 at my kosher restaurant in Beverly Hills. Because in the Jewish, um, you know, lifestyle, you know, there's Lahayam. And uh, we used to throw just uh, shot glasses. Actually, they were uh, um, glasses, like real glass, in the parking lot of my restaurant to uh, a <laughs> to, uh, wall. And then uh, that transformed into when I opened High Horse to put something different. And then now on, um, on a verde. So you get a shot that it's a tequila mixed drink on a glass made out of ice. And then oh, it's, it's a whole production now. You know, like from the time that you went the first time, now it's like, we bring sparkles. We bring bubbles. We have a 1980s booms boombox. Boombox. And it's you know plays the song shots and you know like I said it's all about the details and the entertainment. And then you go outside, you do your shot, you try to hit the bell, and then you go back in and finish your dinner. It's super cool. So I did it the first time. I did not hit the bell. So the the second time I went, I did. I will say your team, your staff was pretty helpful. They're like, there is a trick to this, and I was like, okay, so what is it? And they're like drink your shot, and then put your fingers inside the glass or inside the ice glass yes, and throw yeah, it. Yeah. And I nailed it. And I have video of it. So I have proof. I'm, I'm very bad hitting that bell, by the way. <laughs> uh. Well, the, the key to it is to make sure you haven't had too much tequila before you start throwing. Exactly. You were hoping to open three to five places. I know you've got other stuff twirling around in that brain. Mm -hmm. Any plans? I, I love what I do. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say that, you know, cooking, it's not my passion. 
you know, cooking is actually my hobby. And I, I have made a business out of hobby. I love, you know, upscale places. I, I think that's something that we're lacking in Raleigh. And I I don't like to, when I go to a restaurant and I have to commit to a big entry or, a, you know, really big portions, I, I, I want something small, not tapas. You know, I'm not looking for tapas. I'm looking for, you know, I think we talked about this the other day. It's like, I'm looking to have a bar with really good food, not a restaurant with a really good bar. That's what I'm, I, I want to I wanna get that. I want a dark place, you know, like prohibition style, not prohibition, you know, but I mean like 1940s, like all Hollywood, red boots, really dark places, the smell of mahogany. You know, it's just, again, creating an, an experience, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's what I'm working. I, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get it done, you know. It took me two years to get back from a high horse and then do a bird, so it's, it's gonna take me a little time. Yeah. But you know, I'm not in a rush. I'm I'm enjoying my time. I'm enjoying um, the whole process of becoming a citizen of Raleigh. Mm-hmm. That will be a citizen of Raleigh. Yeah, I think so. Well, that's yeah. funny. So that was one of the first things. So we we had that dinner that night, and as we were talking, you you talked about wanting to be a, you know a citizen, wanting mm-hmm. to be engaged with the city, and so we went. The night that Marianne Baldwin and the city council were sworn into office, mm-hmm. you went with me that night to Union Station. And I thought it was great because a lot of times when somebody of your caliber, someone moves into a city, you, you don't, they're not really invested yet. And and you really have, I think, really tried to be, be very invested. Yeah. I, I, for the first time in my life, I, I found pleasure, accomplishment of you know, living in this city, I was talking to my wife a couple of months ago and living in LA, one of our happiest moments in LA, it will be to find a parking spot close to our apartment. That was be, that would be like the, the highlight of the day. Tonight, the highlight of my night is watching the deers jumping through my backyard, you know, having all this yard, you know, so uh, we, we are extremely happy. You know, I, I, it's hard for me to wrap around that I live in the South because Raleigh, I feel like I'm living in a suburb of downtown Chicago or New York or LA. It doesn't feel like you are in, in per se the South. You know, it, it, it's such a it's such a cool city. It is, and and I I think a lot of times people don't have that perspective because if they've lived here a long time, they don't you don't often see the changes that have happened. But it, for people who are just coming here, they realize what a what a, a gem we have and how lucky we are. I mean, yeah, there are things that we need to work on and we need more transportation, all every, kinds. Yeah, every yeah. city does. Nothing's perfect. But the reality is we are so, such an incredible place to live yeah. and people are friendly. Exactly. You know, um, before moving to Raleigh, I was like, I'm, a, I'm Mexican. I, I have a big mouth. I'm very outspoken. I could be sometimes very sarcastic and almost a point to be an asshole because uh, my sense of humor. But like I said, I have an accent and I'm Mexican, you know, and my wife's like, hey, we're going to move to the South. And I was like, I, I don't know. You know, we're anti-guns, we're anti, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pro-abortion, pro-women, right, pro-everything. And I was like, I, I think we should be okay. And yeah, we, we are amazing. You know, this, this city is so progressive, which I love. So how's it been finding your... And I know you found you've got your restaurant people and all that, but finding your people for your family, you know, and in, in, in getting settled, how's that? That has been very difficult, you know, because after living in LA for twenty years, we have our very close circle of friends, you know, that will come for barbecue every every Saturday or Sunday, you know, the kids will be hanging out, you know, they have like lots of friends. Uh, 
It's been difficult, number one, because the distance here are so, you know, everything's very far apart, mm -hmm. number one. Number two, the school for our daughters was like the, the networking for my wife, but here in the schools in Raleigh, you drop them off and pick them up. There's really no social interaction with other parents. It's, it hasn't been easy, but, but at the same time, it hasn't been difficult, especially because I work in a, in a restaurant right. and I'm, I have no shame and, I, and I'm not shy. So I, I literally talk yeah. to everybody. Yeah. I mean, you moved here and within, by the time your family moved here, COVID happened three months later. Yeah. And, you know, before COVID happened, I didn't go out because I was at the restaurant all the time. Right. And then literally until a couple of weeks ago, we started just finally starting to like go out and look for places and try new foods. So like people ask me, oh, what do you, what do you like to eat? And I was like, uh, I, I, I don't know. I said, I don't yeah. know a lot of places because, you know, COVID, you know. COVID and you've been launching a restaurant where you're in yep. there seven nights a week. Exactly. Kind of makes sense. A local icon since 1949 and where Raleigh comes to celebrate, savor, and enjoy. Village District is celebrating 75 years of tradition and taste. You can join the celebration for their 75th anniversary on Saturday, April 20th from 3 to 8 p.m. on Woodburn Road. Enjoy live music, pop-ups, a kid-friendly area, and the launch of their Village 75 beer, exclusively brewed by Standard Beer and Food. For more event details and other Village District happenings, you can follow Village District on Instagram at Shop Village District, visit their website at shopvillagedistrict.com, or sign up to receive texts by texting the word VILLAGE to 919-701-0202. You mentioned something to me that has stuck with me, and I, we, we didn't get a chance to talk. So we ran into each other when I twisted his arm and asked him to, to tape this podcast. We were at, we were celebrating Crank Arm's ninth birthday yes. um, last Sunday, and you came back and had a beer with me, and we were talking about, you know, staffing issues, and you were telling me about the team you have in the kitchen. Oh, my God. Um I, I had always had a dream that I would wanted to have an all-female-run kitchen. I had it for the first time. And it's an this. amazing experience. I have these girls from different countries, Mexico, Guatemala, Nicaragua, um, California, Wilmington. Um, and, it, and it's great. They're all really young. And they're all, all of these girls, you know, they're immigrants, most of them. And funny thing, they all want to be chefs at one, you know, they want to be chefs. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. I said, because most of the times in the restaurant business, I call my cooks pirates because they wore to work where the money is. But these girls, these ladies, these women, you know, are literally investing their time. They want to learn how to become a better chef. So that's super exciting. I, I have two more guys working, you know, I have a, another, uh, I have like three male guys working, but overall it's a 90% female kitchen, which is great until it's not. Some, <laughs> sometimes they you know they, they uh, jealousy and arguments and I was like, oh my God, really? You guys are fighting for that, you know? But overall, it's been, it's been a great experience. Uh, you know, you hear everybody, it's like, oh my God, we need more employees. There's not enough cooks. You know, there's a short, 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 short that word, I can say, shortage? Shortage. Shortage. Yes. Not in this case. You know, I, I, I guess I'm very lucky that people want to work with me and it has made a huge difference in the quality of the food. And at the same time, when I opened, the, when I was getting to open the restaurant, I didn't know what kind of cooks I was going to be able to get. You know, but I have all these Latino women that understand 
the process of the, the, the ingredients that we're using. They, they don't really understand how I get to the flavors that I want to create, but they understand that, you know, if something should be spicy, what's the level of spice that I'm looking? Uh, so when I opened Averde, the menu was a little shy. You know, it wasn't as aggressive as I wanted to be because I didn't know the quality of cooks. Right. But now that I know what I'm working in, you know, in the next couple of weeks, you know, we're going to start elevating the food and be a little more aggressive. And, you know, I... I, I, I don't like to hold spice. I, you know, if something spicy, I want it to be like fucking spicy. You know, actually, in my menu says spicy AF, so people understand that it's very spicy. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I consider myself a very selfish cook. I only cook stuff that I actually enjoy eating. You know, I, I, I try that. not to cater to the people. Actually, I'm a liar. I have fajitas on the menu, but <laughs> that's that's because I'm Beran Lou. That was the only request. Please put fajitas and. When if that's the only request they have, yes. then yeah. You know yeah, that what? Was only, that was the only request they had. Uh, and when I told them that I have never made fajitas ever, they're like, really? It's like, no, it's no, not a Mexican dish. It's, it's not a Mexican it's, dish. It's, a Mexican dish. No, no. it's an yeah. American dish. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyways, that, that's the only thing. But o- overall, everything is like super interesting. you know. And then um, something that has been a little difficult, we're getting almost there, it's the fact that people assume that this is your run-of-the-mill Mexican restaurant that have been yes. exposed through the last... I don't know, 20, 30 years in Raleigh. And then when they come, they're like, ooh, wow, this is not what I'll, you know. If they go with certain mentality and they, they right. think what they're going to get, what they expect, they're going to hate the experience. Right, if they're coming in going, I want a number 10 and a number 11 yes. um, and the sauce and chips on yeah. the table when I get there. Yes. That, or you know, a, were a rice and beans with everything. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, you know. I love that you like everything on the menu yeah. because it's funny, I, in college, I used to say, oh, and I've always wanted to be a journalist, but I always said it would be cold on a restaurant. But I was like, I don't know how to cook. No, no, anything about flavors. I just like the idea of having everything that I want on the menu. <laughs> it is very cool. At the same time, it's awful because when I want to remove certain dishes, I was like, oh, I really like that dish. But at the same time, I don't want to have a 25 menu item. I want to have a small menu because it helps me with um, quality. But I was like, oh, do I want to get rid of the oysters and bring some mm. stuff? I was like, no, no. You know, so it's always that uh, oh, dramatic, yeah. uh, you know. It's personal. It's oh, like yeah, one of totally. your children. It's totally permanent. Yes, you know, it's like your children. Who, who do you love the most? Well, mm. you know, I, I can tell you. No. I, I don't like none of them, you know. <laughs> no, <laughs> I love my daughters. That's what I should say. <laughs> I always say I've got four kids. I can't have, I can't play favorites. And yet, you yeah. know, I should now say I don't love any of them. <laughs> Um, we, but I will say we did a story, God, what was it? Nine months before you opened, hmm. because it was a slower process, as you mentioned, delays with the town, but we, you cooked all the food on the menu for yeah. us. And we were at Vidrio, the writer, the editor, photographer. I had several people there and we all left and there wasn't a single dish that someone went, eh, I didn't like that. And I, I, I would tell you. No, I know. I absolutely, and I don't eat a lot of red meat. I can tell you the, I, I'm not going to say the name correctly, but it's the the ribeye tacos with, oh, yeah. oh my God. The crispy ribeye. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, that, that has been, a, again, either people love it or hate it because they think it's like, oh, I'm going to get a ribeye taco. Can I get a medium rare? I said, no. No. Can I, it's it's not a steak taco. This dish, it's actually a very old school Mexican dish that you get at a, at a cantina. Because you're munching on these little crispy oh. pieces of beef. Oh, my God. They are delicious. It's delicious. Yeah. And and guacamole. But yeah. my other favorite is the street corn. Yeah. There's just a sweetness to it that and a spice to it that I really like. 
again, other thing that people assume it's going to be corn on the cob. Yes. And they come and say, oh, you don't or have Or dried a, out. Or dry out. Or, yeah. And I said, I, I don't want to go out on a date or I don't want to see my uh, guests coming to my restaurant and having all their fingers dirty when they're wearing a nice dress or makeup. And, you know, I, I always think about, I put myself on the position of the guest, you know, how's this dish going to be eaten? You know, like, do I need a spoon? Do I need a fork? Do I need to get my fingers dirty? Like, yeah, the tacos, yes, you have to do it with your hands. Yeah. Uh, but I said, there's, they could, they can be not messy, mm -hmm. but the corn on, it's always messy. So I was like, yeah. no, no, I want to. Oh my God. And if you don't eat anything else, just order the guacamole and the corn. Yeah. I mean, eat everything. The funny thing about, one, one interesting thing about the menu, I was going through my expenses the other day. We're, we spend most of our money on produce. We don't have that much meat product on the, on the restaurant. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I found that very interesting because. People never assume that Mexican food should be about vegetables. And, you know, when you live in Mexico, you realize that vegetables, well, back in the day, were more affordable than meats. But, uh, you know, we have all these vegetables that I just embrace, bring the spice, bring the flavors, you know. But, yeah, we, we do mainly vegetables. Well, and the salad was one of the things that shocked me the yeah. most. I, I want big salad. You know. you, that, that salad is beautiful and mm -hmm. delicious, but it, I didn't expect that. I didn't think of that when I thought of Mexican food. Yeah. Campbell University School of Law offers a wholly online or in-person two-semester patent law certificate program designed for technology executives, engineers, paralegals, and more. The deadline to apply for the patent law certificate program is August 1st. Learn more and apply at law.campbell.edu. Most people who know you, um, who got excited about you coming to town, knew you from Top Chef yes. and Chopped. What was that experience like? Oh, it's the worst experience ever. Like, I will never recommend no one to do these type of competitions. Yet, I've done it three times. Um, <laughs> no, no, it, it, it fucks with your head really, really far, really a lot. You know, it's three months of your life with no personal space, no access to cell phone, no access to music, no access to TV, no telephones. Why? Uh, Why do they isolate you so much? Oh, because they want to create drama. You know? It's still oh, a TV show. God. And then you have to sleep on a bedroom with three more people at all times on bunk beds. There's no doors. They, there's a lack of sleep. You know, you wake up very early and then you wake up, sorry, and then you go to sleep very late night. Each episode, which on TV, it's like an hour. It takes three days, almost four days to shoot each uh, episode. So it's very long days, very long times. And all, all of the chefs that are in, in this competition. They're all very successful. They all are on top of their careers, it's not that, that they're looking for fame. This is probably one of the few reality shows that people don't go looking for the fame. They're looking to be the big, the, the top chef, you know, because, you know, you, you watch other shows, I don't know, The Bachelor or whatever, you know, everybody's looking for like those 15 minutes of fame. Here, we already are successful. So, right. so anyways, add that to your stress and then you're competing against the best chefs at that time in, in the country and you're running out of ideas and then you cannot bring any recipes. You can't read any books. So yeah, it, it is intense. I envisioned, I'm totally off what I thought. I thought you guys were pampered a little bit. And you'd have your own sweets and, you know, treated nicely. Bunk beds yeah, bunk for beds. chefs of this caliber? Yeah, and in individual size and they're tiny. That's um, crazy. Yeah, and um, uh, Whole Foods, it's one of the sponsors. Right. Um, don't ever buy toilet paper at Whole Foods. <laughs> that's, that's true. I... Uh, they, uh, Too all natural. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> uh, I was accused, and they, they were 100% right, 
of being a diva during the show because I actually put in my contract that I would like to get charming ultra soft. And all the chefs I remember on Char on the season of Charleston because for the, for this time I, I already done Boston, which I didn't complain because I didn't know. But then I did Mexico and I started being a little more divaish. But then Charleston came and I was like, no, I'm gonna put all of these all of these things in my contract that I can add. So I put in my contract and I said I need to use charming charming ultra soft. And then the rest of the chefs were like, oh my god, you're such a diva. But I said, guys, trust me, it's for a reason. You guys are gonna you know appreciate that. Days later, every single chef is like. Oh man, it it makes a huge difference. Yeah, they were probably trying to steal your toilet paper. Well, no, no, uh, they uh, we, we put it through the whole house. Okay. But then when you go to the different locations, you use whatever it's available. But you know, every single chef gets a personal assistant. You know, for you know, someone to do your laundry, to make sure you're eating, right. to make sure you. Uh, it's like a police, you know, because there's parts of the show that you're not allowed to talk, so they they keep you like you know, it's I called swear. ice. So they said when you're on ice. You can't talk because they were saving all that drama, all that commotion for the for the camera. Uh, so you know they, they check on you. So when we go out to locations, you know there will be a backpack full of charming ultra soft, and everybody <laughs> enjoy that. You know that's a, that's that's a good one, and, and it's true. You know that's that's it's a necessity of life. It's a little thing that counts. You know? Yes, just like in the restaurant business, everything it's about the little details. But I had no idea. Now I understand why there's so much drama yeah. on screen and why these chefs that you would expect to be hard as ice and stone cold break down and get emotional. Oh, now yeah, you- no. It, it is tough. And all of us are very aggressive. All chefs are, you know, we have a big ego. We know what we want. We don't compromise. We don't want to, you know, we, we're friends. But when it comes time to compete against each other or do team challenges, like every time you watch a team challenge on Top Chef, it's like, oh my God, every single chef is like, stop, I don't want to do team challenge because I don't want to, great, you're a great chef, I'm a great chef. Oh. Like, I don't, we don't have to combine your style, you know? So it, it, it was always, um, yeah, it, it was always dramatic when it was a team challenge. Would you do another one? Oh, absolutely, yes. I said, I, I don't recommend it to anybody, but I, I will do it, yes, because I, I actually, I, I'm a sucker for pain. I, I I like this drama. Yeah, I'm I'm good for TV because, like I said, I have no shame. I have no filter. I, you know, I, uh, makes good TV. Oh, absolutely. But in, in and it's a reality show, so it's not like they ask me to say certain things or yeah. they portray me. No, like that's the way I am. Maybe sometimes I are a little bit just yeah. for fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a little bit. You've had a couple of chefs come into town. Oh yeah. Um, and, um, you know, now that I have a restaurant back again, I want to start bringing more chefs from, from Top Chef. I think I'm bringing Doggy from, uh, uh Portland, uh, September. I'm bringing Brother Locke from Colorado. Annie Petri's doing an event with me. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to start bringing all these chefs again to do events. Uh, I brought Nini from, uh, Top Chef Colorado. We did a dinner at Vidrio. So yeah, I bring all my friends cause it, it's fun, you know, cause you, you become friends with all these guys at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Chefs, you've said it several times, chefs have egos. And a lot of our chefs here are um, homegrown Mm -hmm. or have been here a long time. I'm not dishing on anybody or anything, but have you you been able to spend time with chefs? Because, again, you're in the restaurant all the time or a lot of the time. Do you, do you, have you met a lot of chefs here and made friends? Not as many as I wanted to. I think most of the chefs, obviously, we have a very, uh, busy schedule, so it's dif- it's difficult to hang out. And you know, the last thing you want to do after a Saturday night busy night service, it's go out with other chefs. You know, um, I have met someone. I you know, I, I, I consider Scott Crawford to be part, uh, you know, a good friend. Ashley Christensen, Saif, uh, the guys gonna kill me because I'm very bad with names. Um, 
Homestead Hotel chef mm-hmm. is an, another great guy. Yeah, no, no like I said, I'm, I'm the type of chef who's like, I want to embrace the other chefs. I want to have fun. I want to be like, hey, you want to come and do a takeover in my kitchen? You know, mm-hmm. like I said, I think there's still some chefs out there that are that type of chefs that are like, uh, you know, like haters. But, you know, just, mm-hmm. I, I I think we all grow if we get together, you know? I, I think Raleigh, it's a, it's a foodie city. And, you know, <laughs> all of these chefs are doing amazing things, you know? I would like to hang out with the guy from uh, San Roach. So, yeah, so, Saint Rock. Saint Rock. Saint Rock. That that place looks. You know, I have to eat the food. It's amazing. I would love to meet the guy. I would love to hang out with. Um, what's the name of the barbecue place that just opened? Uh, Sam Jones. Sam Jones. You know, Sam Jones. Sounds like a, sounds, they they all look like a cool guys. Oh. I I mean, to the salt box. You know, the guy just won a James <laughs> Beer. You know, oh. they, it, this place it's it, it's a culinary powerhouse. You know, rally. It is, and you you tossed out a good idea that I've been twisting on since last Sunday about you know me facilitating or the magazine facilitating so that a chef and a bar owner and, you know, restaurant, so that there's a, an environment maybe once a quarter for you guys to get together and hang out. And we don't get anything out of it except just watching these great ideas come together. You know, um, we have great bars in Raleigh, mm-hmm. but these, these great bars don't have any food. You know, you have drum and drought, you have What's the name of the place in the basement? Uh, uh, Atlantic Lounge, Watson Ward. Watson Wards. Then you have Wilco and Company. All these great mix mixology style of bars that don't have a kitchen. But it would be cool if you could, you know, put together like, yeah. hey, I don't know, and Watson Ward or Drama Drought, uh, yeah. you know, the chef from Vidro and Katsuya are cooking for yeah. one night, you know, little tapas or little appetizers. You know, like I said, we, we all grow together. And, then, you know, that would be a cool thing to put together. I think it would be yeah. too. I, I mean, I just seeing the ideas that come out when we do our best bars issue um, and we get all these bar owners and bartenders in one room. And and last year I introduced two people who didn't know each other, had never met on opposite sides of the town, and they did an event together. So it's like, and well, that happened. You were at our No, best- you, you introduced me to the guy from V Pizza. Uh, yeah, Anthony yeah. at Flash. Uh, Anthony. And then a couple of months later, we did a Mexican takeover pizza at V Pizza in uh, Briar Creek. And we ended up doing chorizo with Papa's Pizza. We ended up doing a Mexican street corn pizza, a cochinita pibil pizza. You know, it, it was really fun. And uh, again, you know, People will think that there will be jealousy, and it was actually the opposite. It was fun. We sold out a bunch of pizzas. People had fun. People had lots of drinks. Yeah, it it was a great experience. Yeah. Yeah. We need more events like that. So one of the things that I do at the end of it is sort of rapid fire a couple of questions. So when you aren't eating at home or Verde, what's your favorite spot currently? I know you haven't eaten in a ton of restaurants. So if you have a, do you have a go-to? I don't. Okay. I said, but that's the sad part. I don't, and I want to have a place to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I end up going more to bars mm, and, not, and not so much to food, you know, like I, I, I want to find, find a place that I crave. Like last night I was in Florida and every time in Florida, in Pampano Beach, I always end up going to the same restaurant and I get the same thing. I get a martini and I get a cheeseburger at, at Houston's, you know, because uh, I, Houston's, I, yeah. Yeah, I love the place and, yeah. you know, when people say to me, yeah, that's a place that I actually enjoy, but I said, I need to find that place in Raleigh. And the, this is the worst part about Raleigh because, you know, we're very lucky to have these, these really cool houses and b- very cool places to live. Everything's so far away. So in the area that I live in North Raleigh, it's like a culinary bar desert. There's oh, there's God. nothing. And well, like, I, I don't like drinking and driving and no one should be uh, drinking and driving. None of us. Uh, so like if I'm going to drink in downtown, 
I don't want to drive for 20 minutes. Like if it's it's if it's LA, you'll drive for 20 minutes, but it's only like four two miles. <laughs> so you're like, mm. but here it's you're, you're driving 24 minutes nonstop at seven miles an hour. And I was right. like, it's there's yeah. too much risk. Not, not not worth it. So I said we need to open more cool bars and restaurants. Um, so just so you know, he lives about a mile from me and about three miles from the producer sitting across from me. And so I'm all in favor of this bar with great food. Yeah has to be in North Raleigh, Northwest Raleigh. Yeah, I remember when I moved to that area, you know, um, you were one of the first people who, who say, here goes the neighborhood, here come the Mexicans. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> no, never. No, of course all not. I want to do is to figure out how to get on the the weekly barbecue list. I keep oh. asking him all the time, how can I meet his wife? And he's like, my wife says people are interested in her. I'm like. Yeah, no, you are. You, you haven't. Uh, no, we, um, uh, now that, you know, I'm back to normal, you know, everything's good. Uh, I, I have a great backyard, and if you ever come to my house, you're going to see, like, there's a stupid amount of barbecue grills out there that no one should have. I, I have, like, How, six barbecues. Just, why do you have six grills? It, it, it's like shoes, you know? Like, sometimes <laughs> I'm in the mood to do, you know, like, uh, direct fire. Sometimes I want to do indirect fire. Sometimes I want to do charcoal. Sometimes okay. I want to do wood. I get it. Sometimes I want to do, I have an oven that it's a wood oven, a charcoal oven, so... No, it's just okay. I want to invite now. Yes, absolutely. Okay. We would love to have you. I'll bring whatever you tell me to bring. Alco all the booze, al alcohol. Just all on, the booze. only bring alcohol. But you're right. It's kind of like my black shoes. I have about seven pairs yeah. of black shoes because there's something different for every occasion. When you cook at home for the family, when the girls say, "Dad, I want," what do they want you to Korean cook? food? Korean food. We live in a heavily Korean popular area. Uh, they went to a Korean preschool and Korean elementary school, and Korean food is just so full of flavor. Mm -hmm. And the great thing about Korean food is like you can put it on a taco and it will be a very flavorful taco. I love it. Yeah. Girls of Worldly. What's your go-to cocktail? Manhattan. Manhattan. Yeah. I'm, okay. a, I'm a whiskey drinker. Yeah. Sure People are. come to my house, oh, chef, I brought you some mezcal. And I was like, ah. Well, as I can say, if you were here later in the afternoon, yeah. we'd have a bottle of bourbon we'd be sipping on. But oh, I figure God. one o'clock taping, we probably, neither of us need to be drinking yeah, no, bourbon Yeah, I still had it work. But yeah, no, I'm a... I, and, North Carolina, amazing whiskeys, amazing whiskeys. You know, mm -hmm. that is so cool. Now uh, I want to embrace more my state and I want to start making my own uh, moonshine at home. So that's my next project. I want to do that story when you're yeah. ready. You've lived in LA, restaurants in Chicago, spent time in Florida, Mexico, you, you know, yeah. everywhere. Yes. So thing. what would be one thing you'd love to see? It can be food. It can be something to do that you'd love to see come to Raleigh. Upscale nightclubs, you know, something, and I'm talking about 21 to 25 year old, you know, punch, punch nightclubs. I'm talking more of like a supper club, you know, you go for dinner, then turns into dancing, a little show, you know, it, it, I, I, I think we just need more upscale places. We have, you know, we have Second City, the Dan Taxes, uh, but I think there's space to make it a little more fancy, mm -hmm. still be being fun, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. I know you do a lot of TV shows. I flipped on something the other morning, happened to be home with a sick kid, and there you are. Oh. So, got anything coming up that people should look out for? No, not really. I don't have anything. You know, okay. it's, I do want to do more shows, um, but no, no more competitions. I'm, I'm done competing. Yeah. yeah. I stress a lot. You're a lot of fun. Thanks yeah, for thank coming you. in. This has been Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I hope after hanging out with us, you feel more like a Raleigh insider. You can find copies of our magazine around town or subscribe for $10 for 10 issues. 
We'd love it if you gave this podcast a rating and review and share it with your friends. This podcast was edited and produced by Airfluence. I'm Gina Stevens. We'll see you again soon. Thank you.